Welcome everyone to Calling the Audible. I am your host, Pease Del Reason. I'm your host for half the night this evening. Less wait, than wait, what? Because uh, breaking news. Yeah, uh, Simon Dajne. Eight Will be uh, taking over for Division Four as the host as we did last week. Okay, uh, I'm okay with that. And then after Div Four, we'll have uh, Terry Tam. Oh, Terry's also an in-studio appearance as I get to leave early. <laughs> So Terry's those things is what you're saying. Terry's, uh, well, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not sure. How bad could it be? How much worse could it be than me? Um, not a lot. There you go. <laughs> is my, so it's is pretty my much the same. But how are we going to do awkward introductions? Well, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Who are you? I'm not, there, I'm not there yet. So we, oh, we, excuse me. We started off camera talking about uh, rules committee members not knowing some of the rules in the FF. And, uh, and we, we... I was not here. I just showed up. <laughs> well, just now. Oh, this the the well, it's the five. We'll you no longer need to touch a guy who's on the ground. Oh, that's the five. Uh, but anyway, that's the, we'll we'll see if we get to that later in the day. For now, however, this is Division Six. Yes. So as you, to your point, I'm your host, Pease Delores. I am in immeasurable pain, <laughs> um, and I'm joined by my host, who's wearing almost real clothing. Close to. Almost there. Yeah, uh, Introduce I'm, yourself. I'm Simon. I don't like to be late. I'm sorry, guys. This Jesus. is my fault. Without coffee. To be fair, you're the one who's consistently late. So if you put all the minutes together, I'm still very far ahead. I think Bro. he's right. Stop <laughs> Stop living in the past. You <laughs> tried to start... <laughs> tried to start the clock? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because I keep looking back like, I swear I pressed this button. <laughs> I told you I'm unplugged it. Also, let's get this, let's get this straight. Simon arrives late without coffee. He he makes me drag my ass in here on a day that I'm on so many painkillers. I'm going to be inter- terribly incoherent. You unplugged the clock. All you've done is work against the show so far. Well, this is, this is the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. You were just trying so hard to <laughs> Trying to keep the, the boat afloat. Is the yeah, first yeah, the, the, this one's going to take water soon. Is the eagle out, Master? Can we say that in English? Take Hello. water. Like the boat. Hi, eagle. Hello. Tell the good people about yourself. Hi, my name is Eagle. I'm the one who's supposed to keep these two in check. It's not going well. The clock's unplugged. What'd you catch this weekend of 61? Oh, man. So, I caught a few games in Division Six. Hot Sauce Sports like, is still I love, trash. I love how you put the three one though. So, and without full <laughs> roster, except for one week. So, except for one week, but then again, it's still not good. I mean, that week was a shutout. I mean, so. yeah, but it's easy when you put yourself in the easiest division with a stacked roster. Nope, not stacked. Adequate roster. Oh, that's true. That's true. They, they didn't let you. They have didn't let me have my ro- my normal roster. <laughs> Listen, um, it's funny because like you knew during the introductions that the next thing we're gonna do is do game recaps. No, no, you, I don't know what you're gonna do. Am I on your head? <laughs> what am I, a magician? It's in the script. A fortune teller. <laughs> yeah, but we never. We always go off script. Okay, so one game that really surprised me: Rosedale Renovations beat DGC. Yeah, that's that. a that's a shocker to me. Not that Rosedale Renovations is 
well, not good. It's they're new, they're learning. It's only week four. From what I've noticed in the previous weeks, they were struggling, and I expected DGC to be, you know, like you said last week, DGC is one of the best teams in Division sixty. Losing to a team that's still trying to find their ways is pretty shocking to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, another new team, however, putting our big score is B Ballers, beating up the real bros of uh, Simi Valley. We have that later. Sixty to twelve. Yeah, we have we have uh, a little bit on them later That's so in the brutal. show, so I, I won't spend too much on that. Uh, Brewers getting another one, beating your Bud Knights. I saw that game, but like, so are Bud Knights good? Bud Knights, man, best defense in football. They allowed thirty-two points. Just night. you know, Jeff LeFive though. So funny story about this game. Jeff LeFive was playing on field on field three, the one I was scorekeeping last night at Ibaya. Yeah, Ibaya. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody cares about the location. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, except Mogan, who cares about these things. Yeah. Is it rostered? No, they're going to suck. <laughs> Anyhow, so Jeff LeFevre was playing before. And as he was, as we were walking away, he asked Lance Daniels if he could film this game. Because Jeff always wanted to have a, one of his games as a quarterback filmed. Mm-hmm. So he said, it would be cool to see myself play quarterback. I could learn from it and stuff like that. So, but then in my back of my mind, I said, well, you're playing Bud Knights. Do you really want that to be on film? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a real education. The best defense, best defense ever. And then every time I would look at their field, Jeff Lefebvre would be making plays, man. Mm-hmm. Like, he's beating the rusher. He's buying time. He's throwing across his body, like perfect 15-yard on the sideline balls. It looked impressive, honestly. Every time I would look towards, like, okay, so there's a game going on. So after the game, I spoke to Stefano. I said, so how's that game? like, actually, Brewers played really well. Like, the... They had some incompletions. It's not like you know, it's not Div One. The ball's not coming out super hot. And you know, Stefan always when he's describing games. Yeah. But at the end of the he, game, he gave me a, like a, a description for a game I didn't ask him about, and it's it's <laughs> twitching. I can't even read on the air. But it's listen at the end of the game. But uh, Brewers' offense did really well. Jeff Lefay was all over the place, man. Four touchdowns, some rushes, a pick six on defense. They won by two scores. They went convincingly. They they really gave Bud Knights a good night, a good game. But Brewers was the best team that night. The one thing I noticed when we played them in a uh, a scrimmage, they didn't. Jeff Lefebvre had trouble reading defenses that shift and baited like from different looks yep. from pre, from uh, from uh, show four one do something else show four one or or guys just shoot to gaps and other guys break into deep coverage. He struggled with that, but I mean, that's not a thing you see in 6D. No, not so much. So, and it, he's playing against a group of guys who play together a long time who have that kind of communication yep. that can do that. Whereas now, Bud Knights, they're a good defense, to your point. You know, yes. But they're, they're static defense, right? The yeah, defenses they're, they play are the defenses they play. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much going to play the same thing the whole. Well, it's not that they play the same thing. Their defense, their defense schemes switch, but they don't move guys around on the field. So everybody plays. Yeah. If I play corner left, I always play corner left. And then the plays changes a little bit, who's dropping and stuff like that. But you know, after a few plays, who's able to and who's not, and who they're confi- like, who they feel confident enough to drop. So there's three guys that could play safety in that team. There's two others that will never drop, right? So mm. once you know that, you could sort of always see what they're trying to do, and it becomes obvious that what they're doing. It's something that a lot of teams in lower divisions, including Division Five, Division Six. A lot of people do because this guy is my safety, so he's going to be the one that drops all the time. Yeah. But once that becomes known to the other team and the quarterback knows exactly who's dropping, you could just look at him and the rest of the field sort of appears, right? Like when you know which guy on the field is dropping, you know the guy's next to him will not, which means this is good. Like 
moving pieces and then you already know where you want to go with the ball. Whereas if one place somebody somebody else goes deep, then it changes everything. Your pre-read and even even like the angles, like so you know you're dropping deep, but you know the guy who's typically dropped deep drops at a different angle as to undercut, let's say, yeah, expected post or whatever, and then like the the the, the flat defenders all shift to a side, Th- like that's something that you know like. You won't see a lot. No, you won't see a lot. Like a guy who's moving, let's say, from the middle, trying to shoot to the, the sideline. Yeah. Right? So you're expecting your, your hook to be open. So you sort of look for something else and go back to him. And by the time you go back to him, expect him to be open like he was in the last six plays, you're going to get intercepted by the guy coming across. Which is, again, it's not something we see very often in lower divisions. But it, when you see a few guys who's been playing in the FBR for a long time, like Jeff Lafire, for instance, play in Division 6, it's something that he tries to do as much as he can. He shoots yeah. a little bit more. He gets guys to move from different zones to different zones to give different looks. And it's confusing for new guys who are expecting the same place to work over and over that suddenly doesn't work anymore. That's fair. Um, in Division 6, um, Vultures tied the pack. Ah, I was going to talk about the pack <sighs> later anyway, so let's, let's leave that one. Um, the such a confusing game, though. Why? Because it's the pack. Like You never know what you're going to get from the pack. Well, that again, so... Don't go further on that because we literally have that later in the script. <laughs> Should we change their name from The Pack to Mystery Box? I mean, Mystery Box is a terrible name. So what no. about from The Pack to Middle of the Pack? <laughs> no, that's uh-huh. also not great. Can you go think of something with Mystery and Pack in it? And not Mystery Pack. <laughs> Wait, I mean... <laughs> that was easy. You kind of did the research Mystery Pack is better than Mystery Box. Um... D2, the Mighty Ducks. Fortin, no, 4 and 20, man. Let's go 4 and 20 against... Right. Yeah, 4 and 20 blazing. Yeah, against Hurricane season. So, so last week we spoke about fourth and twenty with Stefano and yourself, really, mm-hmm. where we said fourth and twenty. At some point, they're going to win a few games and they're going to be competitive and they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> right? Like I went to the argument saying fourth and twenty are going to win a few games that we don't expect them to. They're going to be competitive for some reason and somehow they're going to end up winning. And this is exactly that kind of game for them. They won't put up forty six points. Their offense is not super high flying, flying, but. Listen, they picked off hurricane season. They played well. They shut them down to only 18 points. They scored 19 and 1. Yeah. In close games, 14 20 are very good because they, it feels they're like. They're not going to score a ton. They won't score a ton, but they're, there's a lot of energy when you play against 14 20. Right? When the game's close, these guys are intense. Both quarterbacks threw three interceptions. So, you know, that was a scrappy game. What's interesting is Bradley Perron threw three touchdowns, two of which went to. Oh, Brandon Perron, okay. Nice. <laughs> misread that. Misread that. Um, yeah. Oh, man. To name your kids, Brandon and Bradley. <laughs> like, mean, you're asking to misname your kids. I mean, kids. you like bees. What? You like bees. I like bees? Bradley. Oh, Brandon. I guess. But just like, so, <laughs> it's like, you know, when you have like two turtles that look similar and you just put nail polish on the back of one to differentiate them? Like, it's like Or you put them bandanas of different colors. I did that with my turtles when I was a kid. They bit me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think God, they want that. So they got they bit me, and then we went on vacation. When we came back, they they died. <laughs> <laughs> when they came back, or during your vacation? During the vacation, we went for two weeks. So you abandoned these turtles. So you left them. They're for turtles. Death. They had food. They're fine. <laughs> no. And then not. so we went for two weeks. One was found dead in the toilet, <laughs> and like my house is not the smallest of houses, but they climbed out of their like aquarium, and they walked across the house somehow. One was dead in the toilet. The other one was. Uh, very dry under the Kadali file. The, <laughs> the either, yeah. I guess. The yeah, radiator. Yeah, radiator. 
Very odd situation, but we lost both turtles. Michelangelo died. Because <laughs> we put the bandanas. <laughs> Obviously. Um, hurricane season is a team I thought was going to struggle by virtue of their schedule. They have so far. They're one and three. I was surprised they got the win versus Channel 4 News team. But again, like you said, 4th and 20 is the kind of team. And it seems like hurricane season have nothing but either the top teams under under schedule <laughs> or or these tough, gritty teams that give everyone problems. Uh, listen, they, so they lost the Vultures. Vultures is a very strong team in Division 6 this season. They lost by five. What's going on with your voice tonight? Are I don't you, know, man. Are you going through puberty like the time <laughs> when you had those turtles? <laughs> I think it's lack of food. So they lost to Vultures by five. Fair enough. Close game. I'm fine with that. They lost to Dirty Laundry, 32 to 20. That's just disturbing to me. Well, then, Dirty Laundry is a good team. Yeah, but I, I was expecting more out of hurricane season. Then they, they beat Channel 4 News team by 10, which is good. Now they lose to 14-20, and next week they got D2, the Mighty Ducks. They won't catch a break, man. They they won't have yeah. any easy games. So if you drop these potential W's on your schedule, it's a, it's going to be a tough goal this season. And then second half, you also have Vic in a Box, TBA, Warriors, The Pack, and Unknown Talent. Blech. Blech. That's at least three losses. <laughs> That's at least three losses. And, well, you know, The Pack, you never know with these but guys. That's what I'm saying. Because, like, The Pack, 14-20, are these teams that just show up and annoy their opponents. Yep. Like, the, you could easily lose yeah. any week to them, you know what I mean? It, which is the the worst part is you show up, you're like, oh, Fort Tony should be able to win this game. Nope, lose by 20. Following week, they got no chance. Win by one. Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what did but, they do? But why? <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. D, and you mentioned D2. They won this week. They beat Average Joe's 45 to 24. Yep. Last season, what we saw from Average Joe's was, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more to this, you know, as a topic next in the show, but but in this game, you know, we saw them lose to a team we thought to be better. Average Joe's did that a lot in yep. uh, in the spring season, where they would they would beat up on teams that they were physically more superior than and lose often to more more experienced teams. So now losing to the Mighty Ducks the way they did, it it seems like it's more of the same. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more of the same. Mighty Ducks is the, one of those teams where you don't want to play physical against them because they're the bigger, the bigger batter bigger. dude. Just yeah. They're all tall, big guys. So if you if you start playing physical football, they're just going to box you out. And it's it's really what works really well for them. You need a lot of speed to beat the Mighty Ducks this season. And some teams have that. Not everybody has that. So you kind of have to find yeah. your way around. Because they're not the they're not the fastest team. They're just they're big. They're quick. Yeah. They're they're, they're great in like short and intermediate areas. To your point, you, the way to attack them is. You guys, you have to be fast. You have to be fast. You have to make them move on defense. The more they move, the less comfortable they are. Because if you if you're hitting s- slow developing routes against them, they're gonna jump stuff and they're gonna be comfortable on defense. You have to shoot receivers at them that forces them into coverage, into moving. So forces the mighty ducks to trail in coverage, and that's mm-hmm. when they reek. Same thing on offense is if you're able to box them out and you force them to go around you, you're usually very successful. But what they do really well is they're gonna step in front of you expecting you to sort of try to trail behind him. And a guy like Renaud Saint-Laurent doesn't really mind if somebody's behind him because he's like 6'6 six, six and like 250 pounds of muscle. Yeah. So he really doesn't care. And uh, Matt Demo's legs seem to be back, to be honest. He tore his ACL a few seasons ago. Yep. Uh, he used to be one of the most mobile quarterbacks in FPF. Yep. Uh, but now he's not using it to run so much as just buy extra time uh, for his receivers, move to his side, deliver a ball. Um, honestly, it's it's a new reinvigorated Matt Demo. I love what I'm seeing. He runs a little bit, like when when the play's there, he doesn't force it. So the play's yeah. not necessarily called 
the most running today. It's just like if the rusher misses and nobody's open, I'll take off because it's there. I think it's something that you learned last season when you played with the Ducks is that he came in as sort of a sub last minute guy hoping to sort of help them offensively and with that mentality you're not looking to run 17 times in a game because you're right he also since his injury he hasn't done that no but in fact he's, he was running he was running and moving in the pocket less yep than he's doing now he doesn't want to force it but at the same time you're like if i throw the ball more i get these guys more involved and it's their team right yeah. they get the, the whole purpose here is to help them be better and if i run 17 times they're not going to improve much. Yeah. So I think he learned that last season. It was very successful for them. He was playing in the pocket a lot more and they won a championship. So when coming back, there's no reason for him not to do the same thing. See, well, looking at uh, some of the zero and one loss teams, who do you find to be the most surprising of the bunch? If we look at unknown talent, no surprise there. We, no. we knew them from the Fall Cup. Uh, Scranton Stranglers, Warriors, Hot Sauce Sports, Dirty Laundry, Vultures, Vic in a Box, Average Joes. I'm not surprised by Vic in a Box. Average. See, I am. And here's really? why. Because they don't have Max Bira. Fair. And they don't have Styles Trudeau. Yeah, okay. Their offense used to revolve around Styles Trudeau throwing a ball 10 feet on the line in the air and Max Bira went to go get it. Okay. So given that, so now they replaced him with Jordan McInnes. Yep. So that wasn't known to us in the preseason, but... Excellent addition. You still don't know how that's going to work. But more than that, Matt Pizzatoro never throwing, basically was never a quarterback. Yeah. And he's, he's never really thrown an FPF. He's never had a full season quarterback at FPF. So that was a question. And he's actually been very good. Yes. And I think there's a lot to, to the fact that, like you said, Vic in the Box used to rely a, a lot too much on the fact that quarterback has a cannon. Max Rose is an amazing receiver. What well, just like it, it's so hard to defend a seam thrown at 12 yards, like at 10, like on a rope, 10 feet in the air, and the receiver knows exactly where it's coming. So the, the timing, the timing's perfect. So he just turns around. The DB's not wait, not expecting because he's looking at you, and then you sort of cut in his face and catch the ball, and the DB's caught off guard six times in a game. But I think that it's, it's uh, it shows that Vic and the Box learned from doing other things and just feeding Max Bira. Like this, this works for us. But in the game, we won't do it. We won't only do this. We'll also try to learn new things and do different things. And <coughs> I find that this is this is proves that Vic in a Box are a good... Things that don't <laughs> happen on other podcasts. <laughs> that goddamn sound. <laughs> I muted every time and it turned itself back on. <laughs> sure you do. Um, yeah, it's, it shows that Vic in a Box learned playing can, FPF. You have a virus. Your virus is dumbness. Wow. Shots fired. Shoot some guns right now. <laughs> Sorry, you're saying? I think that it shows that Vic in a Box knows more about FPF than we assume just because of how they use Max Burr. They learn plays that works really well for them. They learn how to use different receivers. These guys have been in the league for a few years now. Like It's not yeah. their first season. It shows and it helps. So it, If it was their first season, maybe they'll try to go back to let's feed Max Burr again. Let's be successful. Let's win games. I find that now they said we don't have him anymore. We don't have the same quarterback. How can we adjust our offense so that it's We're still successful without these key plays that we used to have. And shout out to my boy, Dan Pizzatoro, feeding himself less. He's lost like 20 pounds. <laughs> he gave me the exact number. It's over 20 pounds. It's so congrats to the dude. And he's being fed on the offense. He has a ton of catches, ton of yards. Um, he's, he's, he's helped fill in a lot of that role, whereas before he was an ancillary role player on the team. So 
Yeah, listen, somebody had to step up and do something, and I find that he's like he, he probably took it upon himself to say I could like I'm I'm good enough to be that guy. And mm-hmm. one team that I'm also not shocked about the one team that beat you guys, Warriors. Warriors. Warriors is a very good team. Yeah, and they they've been in FBF for a little while. I'm shocked they fit in Division Six with the guys that they have. They did drop a few guys. Mm, fit. To find uh, <laughs> but that, see that's the thing, right? Like I find well, that <laughs> what Warriors could have done is they could have easily added an extra guy, play Division Five B, be very competitive. Yeah, by being in Division Six, they listen. There's a there's a hundred reasons why these guys are in Division Six. It could be just because a lot of their guys didn't want to come back. They're missing guys. I don't think they cut players in on purpose to play in Division Six, mm-hmm. but it's a very strong team that does exactly what Division Six. Struggles against very fast quarterback that moves around in the pocket, as a cannon for an arm, and they throw a lot of those. Yeah, which is something very difficult in Division Six to defend. And once you start using that to your advantage, you're able to score forty bombs quickly, and you're up. Let's say so. Let's say you start on offense, you score six points, you're up six nothing. The other offense comes on. A, the other team comes on offense, throws an interception. He responds with one play touchdown. It's twelve nothing. It's very tough to play against because you feel like you're just getting beat on right away from the get go, and it it takes a lot of character from your team to be able to go back out there and stick to your game without trying to catch up. Well, and and to your point, like in our game, what I did was completely slow the game for sure down. That's what you should do. But you know, in Division Six, I'm one of the more experienced quarterbacks, right? So it's not your they're, first they're time. Not, they're not gonna mm-hmm. they're not gonna see that every week, and they're gonna have teams that are gonna try to go blow for blow with them and we've seen the results so far the results are the, the uh, next two games were blowouts 45 nothing well that was also the right. team was late because yeah, yeah, that's the game. but then then 25 19 against uh seven rounders well, seven rounders is a better team than the record shows they are especially defensively yeah um they're they're good athletes they um the problem is uh quarterbacking on seven rounders as we discussed yeah uh, and that's the an issue for a lot of six teams. So yeah, it's not, uh, you're starting, you're learning, you're trying to catch up. But um, Warriors are playing against uh, unknown talent yeah. next week. That's well, that'll be a fun game. After the break. Uh, it should be a fun game. because it's If there's th- voting for Game of the Week this week, that it should be nominated should, yeah. for Game of the Week. Because there's two teams that revolve around the same concept of fast-paced scoring and just being faster than the other team. So you're basically putting up, playing two similar styles that clash well against each other. F- speed against speed, and I'm going to burn you over the top, you're going to burn me back over the top. So either it's going to finish 59 to 58, or it's been really stick like 47, 46, or nobody is ever going to score because they're all they're all they're they're going to defend only that and nobody's ever going to score. So we have a highlight for Strive film of unknown talent this week. Okay. It's uh, Nikki Farinaccio scoring a touchdown and having uh, a hell of an athletic um, touchdown celebration, as you'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so that's pretty good. That's the kind of athleticism uh, the Warriors need to look out for this that's week. Pretty good. Um, side note: Nikki Farinacho maybe shouldn't be in the six. <laughs> Listen, you could be an athlete, but he, on that play, he looked fast. So maybe you know. So ins- insider knowledge. You should you should cover that. Maybe yeah, maybe you should. Insider knowledge: After their week one loss, unknown talent added Nikki Farinacho to the team. Oh, uh, AJ uh, AJ uh, Gomes uh, introduced them. 
Okay. And he said that he wanted him to give FPF a shot before bringing him automatically into Div 2. Oh, but, fine. But knowing that he's basically Div 2 talent. But knowing he can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So Thanks, AJ, for ruining <laughs> the six. Uh, that, I mean, Unknown Talent's going to be hard to beat by, for yeah. anyone. They are, uh, we thought they were the favorite coming in. The, yeah. the, the caveat was, well, you know, can Alessandro Barazzoni, uh stop turning the ball over? He's got only two interceptions thrown the season. Um, they've added, they've added, you know, in in, in adding a guy like Nicky Farnacho to a roster that's already stacked. Um, to me, with with guys' names whose the website can't load. Barazzoni Barazzoni's playing really well, but he still depends too much on the deep ball. Yes. It's it's his one thing. It's like he knows he has a good arm. He knows I don't need to read the field. We're faster, right? Like it's true. Don't think <laughs> it's that. also true. <laughs> it's true. But when you win games with only 10 completions for five touchdowns, like at some point, somebody's going to stop it. Somebody's going to say, let's play three deep at all times mm-hmm. and see what happens. And once that starts to happen a bit more, because have the, patience the more we'll talk about it, the more people are going to pick up on it. At some point, he's going to have to start throwing underneath. I mean, the stat sheet should tell you. <laughs> <laughs> five <laughs> seconds of research. Ten, 10 completions for 200 yards and five touchdowns. In upset. Yeah. But... This is like they play pension plan. Pension plan is the sort of team where they're able to slow the game down and run their offense, sort of thing, mm-hmm. but they can't defend the deep ball well. They have good defensive players, but speed is not their thing. I mean, they're called pension plan yeah. for a reason. They're old. And to, to be honest, we, we speculated that there was a chance that, you know, pension plan are the coaches of the of unknown yeah. talent and seeing our Cougars. We thought. Uh, that the young guys want to really show up their coaches and would put too much pressure on themselves and screw up. We were wrong. Mm, nope. We were wrong. Three interceptions by Vince Pisano is a little bit shocking to me. He usually secures plays, you know, secures the ball a bit more, doesn't throw that many interceptions. But it just shows that when you're undercutting routes that you're expecting from your coaches because they've taught you that way before over and over again, you're gonna get interceptions, yeah, because he doesn't see it coming. Also, like we said, there's in six. You don't under, you don't expect guys to come in from the corner position to un, to shoot like a hook from the snapper, yeah, right. So if that happens and the guy's coming full speed, he and he touches the ball, it's not gonna go well for you. Yeah, so, uh, Paisan Pisano not having a great season <laughs> thus far compared to. I thought he would be one of the front runners for quarterback of the year. To be honest. I I assumed as much considering what he how he did last time they were in Division Six last mm-hmm. winter, but maybe it was a fluke. No. What about anyone else on this <laughs> list? <laughs> Heard it here first. Maybe your boy Mokan would agree with me. Definitely. Mokan's a hater. He is a hater. <laughs> he is a hater. Should have seen what he said to me today. To go, like, oh, you know, I told him. So you're not coming to the podcast. He's like, oh, I have to be with Carrie Price today. You know, he is. So first of all, Mokan, you don't know how he is. Second, <laughs> <laughs> second, I know he gets lonely. You have to be there for him. I get Someone's it. Someone's got to tie his skates, man. <laughs> there you go. He's not going to do it himself. Dude, he has pads. He can't <laughs> do it himself. <laughs> Green Monster beats on six ballers. That's Green not Mo- what we're doing. <laughs> what are we doing? I asked you about the list of one, zero. Oh, sorry. Lost and one wow. lost teams. Be fast. Wow. So lost. I just it's surprisingly not the worst mistake you made on, on today's <laughs> podcast or any podcast. Listen, no, on any podcast, I agree. Also, I didn't try to start a clock that's unplugged, so there's also that going to going to for me. Still, still no. <laughs> still, <laughs> in case you're wondering. No, okay, so really, Nico, tell me we're at like 24ish minutes. Yes. Okay, we're about uh, we're about yeah about 25 30. All right, cool. 
Okay, so last team I want to talk about realistically, vultures. I really like vultures mm-hmm. this season. I was I didn't have high expectations because every time I pick for them to lose. So the last few seasons have been very high on vultures and they've let me down. So this season I decided to take a step back and said I'll wait till they jump in the bandwagon. After their first game against Hurricane season, I was happy, but I wasn't ecstatic. But vultures is a very strong team in this division. See, for me, the one that surprised me was Scranton Stranglers. Okay. Um, it's it's a team, it's a team that I thought would be middle of the pack and okay. would sort of like catch on later in the season and sort of be annoying in the playoff run. Um, like so, a team that can go like one and three to start and then really pose a threat later on, but they haven't done that. They've been excellent out of the gate. They've been excellent, but they've like I'm curious to see what they're gonna do next due to who they played. So they beat Zone Six Ballers by a point in their first game, which is good. They've lost the pension plan, who have under have been underperforming. I mind loaded, no problem. So I don't know about you. They they lost the pension plan by six, and pension plan hasn't been the best pension plan team in recent memory. They've beat Green Monster, who's been the disappointment this season, and now they've beat Dog Pound, which is in my opinion a good team in yeah. Division Six. So, so kudos. But looking at the schedule, they don't have a lot of challenges upcoming. The Pack, Fat Diablo, Sharknado. Sharknado's been playing well though recently. Yeah, but do you think they're better than Scranton Scranton Scranders? Not anymore, Jeez, man. I don't think that anymore. So to me, that's three wins, seventh rounders, and unknown talent is going to be fun games. Yeah, for them, it's going to be a good test before, right before the playoffs. So it should give us a better idea of where they what actually they are, yeah. stand. But until then, they got. I think they're great. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a very good team. I just don't know how much stock I could put into their wins due to who they played. Yeah. The pack are one, two, and one. The pack. We seem to never know what we're getting from them. They're a variable mystery box. <laughs> mystery pack. Mystery pack. Still not great. Eagle, have you thought of something? A pack of mysteries. <laughs> you can't even find the synonyms. <laughs> Don't you have access to Google? We all have access to Google. No, we have a shorter I, for one, welcome our Google overlords. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, their growth seems to be stunted, Simo. Why is that the case? I don't know. Every season, I'm I'm thinking this is the time. This is the season. The packs gonna make the leap. Gonna have like you know a seven and three season. It's gonna have a good playoff push. They're gonna suddenly say, listen, let's play in Division Five, Division Five next season, and then they sign up for Division Six and finish three and seven. Can I postulate something? Of course. Too much of the offense runs through Ryan left court. Fifty-five percent of the team's completions and about the same in yardage. Um, can like given what Division Six has become and that. Teams are getting better and better, more athletic each season. We just saw a dude with a goddamn backflip. <laughs> <laughs> After a cartwheel. After a cartwheel. After running the entire field. Also true. Um, given all that, can a team still be one, div- one dimensional expect to be to have success in Division 6 at this point? I mean, picking a box did it with Max Bura. Yeah, right. and ultimately got destroyed in the finals. Yes, but then they also made the finals. That's so let's not pretend like making the Super Bowl doesn't count. As a I mean, nice as, as, as Joe Montana fans often claim, <laughs> oh, you lost, so that's worse than not making it. Okay, there. <laughs> we also I, have words of puzzle, enigma, and conundrum. Conundrum of mystery. Make it into a war team name for the pack. The pack conundrum. Pack puzzles. The pack why, why do I have to tell you how to do your job? The packing. The packing. <laughs> that's just the same thing, but with an ing. Yeah, but it's the packing. <laughs> it sounds serious. 
I just think that it's it's possible when the the one dimensional one player offense is a superstar that doesn't belong in Division Six. Mm-hmm. Max Bureau could be a Division Three two receiver, heads yes. down, easily. So if you take a Division Two receiver and put him in Division Six and feed him the ball ten times a game, you're gonna win some games. I don't think Ryan Leftcourt is necessarily a Division Two talent at the moment. I'm not saying he never is never gonna be. I'm just saying right now I don't see it. So they're they're funneling their offense around one guy. It might be time to spread the ball a little bit more. I'm not saying don't go to him anymore. Just maybe drop 50, from 55 to 40 percent. Yeah. Um, can Daniel Krebs's boys do enough to earn a playoff berth? You know, I hate predictions, but I know you love them, so I give you the question. I think so. I think that considering how many teams are going to make it, 16 out of 20, if I'm yes. correct, 16 out of 20. So a p- potential three six and one record should get you into the playoffs. That's only two wins for the pack moving forward. Uh, that, that, since you already have one tie, one win, it's very plausible to me that they're going to win at least two of the next games. And they have Scranton Stranglers, NWO, Replacements, Average Joes, Hurricane Season, and Fat Diablos. Yeah, I could see at least two wins, maybe three or four. I would love to see them go 5-4-1 and one at this point, like win the next four out of six, have a, puzzle, have a good record. And that record. would be good because they may be in that range where they get relegated to playing the 6D playoffs, where they would be a very good team. Yeah, that would be great for them. If they're able to finish in, in that key range where they're relegated down somewhat and play as a top seed in Division 6D, it would be it would be very good for them. They're gonna have an easier path to the to the finals, and they might be able to to make some noise there. If they're stuck as a 16 seed, they might it, it might be a long a long playoff game. Um, is this the best combination? Is this the best group of quarterbacks we've had in Division Six? I'm not talking about like when Jay Floriani threw in Division Six or when Guadma Swan Adham threw in Division Six. I mean specifically the group of talent. I really like the quarterbacks that we had last winter. To be honest with you, I think that last we had like a group, but this season it's it, to me it's a bit different. It's a lot of guys who have a lot of talent, a lot of like potential, but the most of these Division Six games is a lot of running quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of guys who scramble by time, use the fact that they're faster than the rusher or able to beat the rusher. So to me, listen, I'm not a mobile quarterback. Everybody knows this. Uh, I I like to see pocket passers, but so it doesn't mean they can't develop to become pocket. That's what I'm saying. Right? So I, there's so there's, there's potential for them to be that. I just like, don't see it, it, it happening now. So interesting uh, stat that I'm just looking at here: uh, only six quarterbacks in Division Six have more than a hundred attempts in four games, which means they're averaging less than most people are averaging less than 25 attempts a game. There's so. also quarterbacks playing three games, and there's there's also. That's yeah, thing. It's I mean, like, not everyone's not played four games in in Div Six. So, of the top fifteen, only uh, of attempts, only one has only played three games. So, yeah. So, but like, like we like unknown talent last week. They only had fifteen. I thought attempts. there was more than that in that category. And it's like, me, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, because I have a lot of attempts. To it's do you that. and uh, Charles Duchesne and Sebastien Blanchet, and then afterwards it gets a little bit deeper. Yeah. But yeah. Like, too many. If but you look at it, like a guy like Barzoni only had 15 attempts last week. Yeah, I think he's a very good quarterback. Well, the thing is, though, but looking at that though, like, in in looking to me, the the thing that best describes it is, and you look at the sort of the top fo- the top five, you have Matt Damon mm-hmm. and Alessandro Barzoni, and and Matt Damon were like, okay, how is he even in this six? Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> how he went. He was relegated so quickly. I remember playing against him in back to back seasons. <laughs> like, gotta, listen, I don't know, man. 
But like, okay, so fine. So he he sort of found himself again. He's gonna be promoted. Alessandro yeah, Bertoni, you know, fell into a loophole from fall. He's <laughs> gonna be promoted. Uh, Mark ba- Mark Bellini looks great for Average Joe's. Yep. Rick Castile, guy who I'm surprised can 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 still throw in this division. Avery Lala, we all know, is gonna be great and is already starting to be great. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, tough. Like just the, between the familiar names, like guys like Vince Pisano and Matt Damon. Michael Sanchez, Greg Castillo, even Jordan Schwartz is playing well, even though like, the INT count's a bit high. Six and four games is okay. But it's still, like, they're all... You say that, but there's... Um, Michael DeGear has 15 interceptions. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the next one up is Shane Feinberg with nine. That's yeah. also shocking to me. That's The fact that Shane has nine is shocking. Yeah. Uh, only 10 interceptions, only 10 touchdowns, nine interceptions. For him, it's... Uh, surprising yeah but yeah so i still think that there's yes i agree with you that the pool of talent how again the pool of talent <laughs> is <laughs> produce the right sounds windows would like us to know that it's turned on storage sense <laughs> why would we care i don't know why would we care i don't know so moving to 16 okay jesus christ <laughs> You have to be doing it on purpose. This I'm time. not doing it on purpose. It's muted. The best part is he was looking at us with his hands in the air. He was like, I don't know. And the sound popped up. Um, the combination of, of guys moving, uh, sorry, uh, in, in Division 60, we're worried about B-ballers that would come in and immediately dominate the yep. division. Despite the week one loss, they now seem to be doing just that. Um, will they be prepared, however, for a Division Six playoff game, given that they're beating on teams that are far weaker than the play against in the playoffs. I mean, beating on teams is the right word. They are beating on teams, though. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it, well, sixty to twelve. Sixty to twelve against Real Bros of Simi Valley. Uh, Fifty-four nineteen on Dirty Birds. Forty to seven on Potatoes. And then uh, the the shutout against Bud Knights. Yeah, like that's bad. What? That's really bad. Yeah. Next week they have. It's Los almost as if you look at this before. <laughs> <laughs> Next week they have Los Siete Amigos. I think it's going to be a fun game. Fun. I think it's going to be one of their their first this real tests of the season. Div six, Div six D. Some of the best games. Yep. Coming up. I think it's going to be it's going to be a good game for both teams because it's a different. It's a very explosive offense facing against what I believe in Los Siete Amigos is a more traditional. Fe- efficient offense instead of being super explosive, mm-hmm. so it should be fun games. Uh, but overall, it, dropping 60 points in FAF is difficult. It's not a time. That's more points than minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's by so a, many points. By a lot of minutes. That's so many points. And they didn't have five plays at the end of the game. <laughs> That's, yes. You're, you're, you're running on, you're essentially scoring on almost every play. 72 points in a game is like, it, it's a lot, man. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. 60 points. So will they be ready? <laughs> For a like proper like you know, once they get promoted, play a Division Six playoff game. The problem is, I uh, it, it, this could go both ways. So they could be, either be blowing teams out of the water because they're that good, and it's sort of like the Air Force One of 2019, right? Mm-hmm. So they're just a better offense, and they're able to do things, and they they're running an efficient football scheme against guys who don't know how to defend against it, or it's guys that just consistently throw 40 bombs because. Quarterback could throw forty bombs. Receivers are just so much faster than everybody else, and we just don't drop. Like we're just beating out on people. If 
case A, efficient offense, mm-hmm. then I don't see them having an issue against tougher defenses. If case B, and they're just abusing teams that don't know what they're doing. Johnny Cassari, 13 of 22. Of those 13 completions, nine of them were touchdowns. <laughs> nine <laughs> touchdowns. You know, you know nine. that. Nine. Is that the record, nine? Eel? It's nine or ten. Yes. Just look it up. It's harder than you think to look up. The no, you, you go on the record. Five hours tonight. No, it's also on the oh, record yeah, we list. Record. We have a record book. <laughs> Single game, touchdown passing. It's there. It's more yeah. difficult than you think. Um, really clicking twice on your mouse is difficult? You, <laughs> you mentioned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been stuck for a little while also. How much time Thank do we you. have for this to load? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, Los Sete Amigos. Did we see this coming? No. I wasn't expecting them to be a dominant team in Division 60. I wasn't expecting them to be probably one of the best, like the contender in Division 60. That's, to me, that's, that, that's the thing. Is Coming into this, this season, I thought they would be you know one of those teams that I didn't have expectations for. Finish 5-5, mm-hmm. five five, congratulations. It's a good season. Let's see what you guys do in the playoffs. Finish above 5-5. Five I'm happy for you guys. You had a good season. Finish yeah. under five and five. Well, we didn't know them. The uh, so rapid fire on uh, our team of the week uh, confirmed nine is the record. He uh, so Jenny Cassani now shares that record with Alex Nadopius from Winter 2019 as well. Not a bad. You know. That's pretty good. Well, there's, that's it. There's no other. No the only two nine. at nine: Paula Pierre, Kevin Lubain, Styles Trudeau, Jordan Rossi, Kevin Wyeth, Liam Mahoney. So a lot of eight. Joseph Buffoni, Marco Masiotti at eight. Yeah, but nine is the official record, which he's now tied. So have you ever thrown more than six? Me? Yeah, I've thrown uh, uh-huh. seven, seven or nine or eight, seven. I think most of the interceptions or touchdowns. Ayo. <laughs> Uh, you don't want to dabble into the interception words game. Okay, so quick fire on our team of the week, McDo. McDo, yes, sir. Two and one. Yep. They uh, lost to an experienced team of Fighting Tigers. Yep. And then beat an experienced DGC. How do you rank them in six D? Very high. They're like uh, they're in my top eight. To me, they're one of the best teams in Division Sixty. I think they're gonna finish as a strong team with like a good seed in Division Sixty. I don't think they're gonna get related upwards. I think they're gonna stay in Division Sixty. But they're gonna have a strong. I'm, like I could see them finishing like number six overall. Um, three QBs this play this season. The hell is going on? Who should who should they stick with? Is Cardinal, Victor Nolin, or Louis Philippe? Whoever they want, it doesn't matter. Three quarterbacks. <laughs> All they do is really, win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think that Macdo as a whole, it's a bunch of guys. It's a bunch of friends playing together, and if they want to go with multiple quarterbacks, they all seem to run similar systems. It seems to work. I think they're trying to find whoever they want to stick with. For now, they're two and one, so I've got I got no complaints. Have they improved from fall, and what's the next area of growth they'll need to focus on for long term success? One single quarterback. Having, they also uh, improved in getting jerseys. So win win. Yeah. Uh, the revolving they door. They are not of the Hamburglar, right? What? They're not of the Hamburglar. Man, that would have been so good. <laughs> I'm just not sure to answer your question. McDo? It's the mascot. Yeah, I know, but I don't understand the phrasing of your question. They're not of? Yeah. The jerseys are not with him oh. on Oh, no, they're not. They're just yellow. It would have been great. They're you basically could, special sauce. No, but you could have like a, a guy stealing a ham and they're Yeah, That could have been pretty good. Or like a football. Like the hamburger but with a football in a bun. Also possible. But I'll Games of the week. <laughs> Games of the week. Uh, so this is actually going to be reasonably fast um, because we're technically on bye week. There is yeah, no but we're games not, no. this Are we? weekend. 
What? Do we have a podcast next week? Yes. Yes. Because okay. there's still games on Monday, Wednesday. Okay. Uh, but there's no <laughs> Very weekend games. coverage. <laughs> we're going to go deep. So we're going to go with so Division 6 first. Okay. The I, only game. It's a game I can't pick. <laughs> Vic in a Box versus Hot Sauce Sports. Hot, hey. hot Sauce by 50. That's what I always say. <laughs> you should always say that. It used to be like 80, but then... No, I'm quarterback, so it's 50. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that, uh, honestly, if I have to break this game down, the one thing that Vic and Box is doing well this season is they're controlling the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. They're they're playing their style of offense, and they're making the other team sort of keep up and follow against them. The one thing that's going to be difficult for them is going to hot sauce sports is I believe that's the one thing that hot sauce sport does well is taking a lead and just we're going to slow this game down or speed this game up, whatever, but you control the pace of the game. I feel like whoever, like, whoever starts with the lead will maintain the lead. I, like, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of... It, it's one of those games where whoever starts with the lead is going to control the pace of the game. and force. So if they score first play, they go out and they score on one play. Hot Sauce Sports is going to try to do the same. Go out and score really quickly and just sort of keep up with them. Whereas if they take a 12-play drive and finally score at the one and finally push it, punches it in, you guys are going to come out and take an eight-play drive and slow the game down and whatever's going to happen. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. and It's going to be much closer than it would have been if Punch Panda would have played Vinick in the box. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> And in Division 6D, the only game of the week is Monday, 10 o'clock, Chocolate Barracudas versus McDo. Yes, sir. Give me, I'm more savory than sweet. Give me McDo over Chocolate Barracudas. Chocolate Barracudas has been struggling a bit this season. <clears throat> McDo was not. I don't care. If they have a fourth quarterback this game, I'm I'm going crazy next week. I <laughs> <laughs> just, but give McDo. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you, Eagle. Uh, no no thank, thank you to Windows. No thank yous to Windows or the FPL website. So what are we going with? The the, the packing? The packing. Sounds like a B-movie. What, what are the odds of us being a big enough influence for them to change their, their team names? I mean, I can change it at any point in time. <laughs> so. Neck Dana. We can make our own truth. We can make our own truth. But until next time, thank you all for letting me make my own truth. Make a pistol sound. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. That's the pistol sound. It's not Star Wars. It pew, is now. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs>